are listening to Footprints on Our Hearts, a podcast about baby loss, legacy, and learning to live again with me, Alison Ingleby. The baby loss community is one that no one wants to join, but together we can break the silence around baby loss and help each other navigate the rocky road that is grief, because all children leave footprints on our hearts. Good morning and welcome to episode 43 of Footprints on Our Hearts. I've got a special solo episode for you today talking about how you can get through the Christmas season and remember your babies at Christmas. Now, I am talking about Christmas, the C word here, but I think these same thoughts and ideas and principles can be applied to any other big festival or occasion. So, Thanksgiving is coming up next week. There's Hanukkah, Diwali, any occasion really that is a big celebration in your life and a time when you really feel the loss of your child, whether that's a baby who's died or a baby you're still trying to conceive more keenly. Now, I realize um, that as I'm recording this in sort of the lead up to Christmas 2020, this Christmas is going to be very different for a lot of people. Here in the UK, we're still not sure what the rules are going to be in terms of meeting up with family and friends in the build up to Christmas or on Christmas Day itself. As I'm recording this, we're we're still in lockdown. um, And I think the traditional family gathering or, you know, extended family gathering is, is probably unlikely to take place in the same way as it may do in in more normal non-pandemic times. And I guess, you know, some of you might find that that actually makes Christmas easier for you, um, taking away that pressure of being around a lot of people and, um, you know, feeling like you need to be happy. But for some of you, it might actually be harder and make this time of year harder because there aren't the usual distractions of either being surrounded by family, being able to go out with friends um, or work colleagues, even, you know, even just being in the office and being around other people can be a distraction from grief. And if you're working at home rather than going to the office, then it's, it's sometimes harder to escape that. So there's really, I mean, there's really no right or wrong thing to do at this time of year, but I'd really encourage you to have a good think about what what would genuinely make you feel better. And I am a terrible one (laughs) for wallowing in grief. And after Sky died, I did a lot of wallowing. And that's fine because there is definitely a time for wallowing. But sometimes, sometimes it's nice to to look for joy to look for happiness and to give yourself that opportunity and the gift you know you are still allowed to be happy even though your baby's died and you know if they'd lived and if they'd grown up you know to be a child and then a teenager and then an adult you know what they would really want for you is for you to be happy. So I think particularly at this time of year, it's even more important than ever to be kind to yourself and to really look for those small things that can make each day more bearable and perhaps make a day even, you know, happy. 
Um, it's not it's not a bad word. Sometimes I feel like it's a bit of an evil word to use on this show because we talk about grief and loss and lots of sad things. But um, but I think all of us, you know, as human beings, we want to be happy. And we want joy in our lives. And, you know, I think part of this podcast is also how you can search for happiness and how you can find happiness in life after loss. Um, That said, I know it can be really hard to get into the Christmas spirit when someone's missing. You may not want to and, you know, you may find actually that the best way to get through this Christmas is just to block your ears, stay at home and try to forget that it's even happening. And that will probably be easier this year than, you know, than than it may be normally because, you know, you can stay at home. There are you know, there are fewer event, public events and reminders of Christmas because of the pandemic and all the associated restrictions that go along with that. I think another hard thing to perhaps deal with is other people's expectations around this time of year. Um, because, you know, all family and friends really want is for you to be happy. And at the end of this episode, I am gonna, I have actually got a section on, um, how for family and friends on how you can support people at this time of year um but if you're a bereaved you know if you've lost a child your bereaved parent you know other people want Christmas to be special they want it to be a special day they want you to be happy and jolly and have the same normal Christmas in that you would have had the in the time before you lost your child and I think it's sometimes hard for people even close to us to understand that that's just not possible um, and that however much they may want us to have a normal Christmas to be happy, we we just can't do that. It's just it's not possible for us right now. And I think for me, I think one of the big things around this time of year is trying to let go of the expectation that Christmas will feel the same before because it won't. It may not have that sparkle and that magic which is had in the past you know when you've been thinking of future Christmases that you'd spend watching your children grow up seeing the excitement in their eyes when they first meet Santa or open the presents under the tree all those firsts which you will miss and it may be that you can never go back to that you know naive optimism about what Christmas is all about but that doesn't mean that you can't love it in a different way. And I think that's maybe the message that I really want to get across in this episode is that it won't be the same. You won't be happy every day. You may not even be happy on Christmas Day. It may be a really, really hard time of year. And it is a really hard time of year. But you can learn to love it in a different way. You can learn to embrace the moments of happiness and to take your child with you through the build-up to Christmas and Christmas Day itself and afterwards. So I've kind of structured this episode in three ways. So first of all, I want to talk a bit about the build-up to Christmas, and in particular, Advent to Remember. Then how you can, some ways in which you can involve your babies in your family Christmas. Um, And there might be a little bit of overlap between between those two things. Um, but I think I think there are some differences as well. And then the third thing I want to talk about, as I mentioned, is how friends and family can support loved ones at this time of year. So first of all, the build up to Christmas. 
And one of the reasons why I wanted to put this episode out now rather than putting it out nearer to Christmas is because for many people, um, Christmas actually starts at the beginning of December with, you know, 1st of December, day one of Advent. Of course, for some people, it starts, you know, right at the beginning of November or even October, who knows, when the when the first mince pies come into the supermarkets. Um, but for the purpose of this uh, episode, we'll start Christmas at the beginning of December. And you may find that this is actually the hardest part. I think there are perhaps some similarities towards the build-up to Christmas and the build-up to birthdays and anniversaries of your child's death. Um, and I know for me personally, the build-up to Sky's first birthday was much, much harder and worse than the day itself. In fact, her birthday was actually a really nice day because, you know, we planned for it. We made an effort to celebrate it and do some nice things. Um, and the build up for me was a lot worse. And you may find that the same is true about Christmas, that actually it's the build up um, to Christmas that is harder than actually the day itself. And, you know, there are a lot of reminders, even though this year things are going to be a bit less in your face, it's still hard to miss that Christmas is happening. There are Christmas ads on the TV. You know, I'm sure you have houses um, down your street who have Christmas decorations outside, Christmas lights, um, Christmas songs on the radio. Um, you know, how many times do you hear Last Christmas or the Pogues? <laughs> um you know, I, there have there are in fact, obviously, there are radio channels which are specifically Christmas tunes and just play Christmas tunes all the way up to Christmas. I do wonder if there are any radio stations that are anti-Christmas, so they don't play any Christmas tunes. Um, I don't know if there is one. Maybe you know, if you're feeling very anti-Christmas this year, you can you can seek that out. But yeah, it it's pretty much reminders are are everywhere. And I think one th the one thing that I did last year, which helped me through my first year, my first Christmas without Sky, was something called Advent to Remember. And many of you, I'm sure, will have heard of this or perhaps taken part in it before. Um, but if you're new to it, Advent to Remember is a project aimed at anyone who is grieving over Christmas and missing a loved one. So it doesn't just have to be a baby. It could be, you know a parent, a grandparent, anyone who you've lost and you want to remember this Christmas. And it was started by um, Jess, who's mum to Leo, on her first Christmas without Leo. And she shared this on Instagram and it's now become quite a, a popular project um, for bereaved parents to involve themselves in around Christmas. Um, you can find out more about this um, on Jess's website, The Legacy of Leo, or her Instagram account, which is at The Legacy of Leo. And it's really about creating new memories, spreading a little kindness, and doing something each day to help you get through this hard time of year and to remember and honour our babies who aren't here with us. Um, and I think it's one way in which you can, it can help you to perhaps enjoy some of the festival festival festive season. <laughs> Can't get my words out today. Because let's face it, it can be really hard to force yourself to do fun things <laughs> when you're grieving. Um, and I think perhaps by having this bit of structure and maybe thinking about things in advance, it can help you to make the most of moments and 
maybe push yourself a bit outside your comfort zone and do things that you might not otherwise have done. That said, there are no rules and, you know, don't feel you have to do something every day if this is stressing you out. Um, You know, the most important thing is to be kind and gentle to yourself at this time of year. So essentially, the principle of Advent, remember, is that every day of Advent, um, rather than having a calendar or in addition to having an Advent calendar, you do something to remember your baby or in memory of your baby. Now, some people, a lot of people do plan this out in advance because um, it can be quite hard to think of things on the spot, particularly if you're working uh, full time or you don't have much time. You might have other kids um, to look after. And, you know, it's quite easy uh, to get to, you know, nine o'clock at night and go, I haven't done anything for today and panic a bit. And yes, I might have been in that boat several times last year because um, I was definitely one of those who didn't really fall into the planning camp and fell into the let's take an ad hoc approach to this camp Um which can sometimes be more relaxed, um, but it can also be a little bit stressful. You may even want to create an actual advent calendar um, or other things which I've seen other people do is to have um, little either cardboard stockings or real stockings. If you have one of those kind of advent calendars of stockings on a line, which you can hang above your uh, mantelpiece or fireplace um, and pop in your idea into each one and then you pull it out and it's a reminder of what you're doing that day. So to kick things off I wanted to give you a few ideas of things you can do and I have got 24 ideas here it did take me a while to come up with 24 um, but hopefully that means that there's plenty of inspiration if you're feeling short of ideas um, and not all of them have to cost money um, some of them take time some of them are quick and easy um, so whatever you know whatever your financial situation or personal situation I hope you can um, find some things to do in here so number one I haven't I've actually got these written down as bullet points not numbers which I'm realizing now was an error so I will probably lose count at some point um, and get the wrong number and we'll get to the end and we've got like 22 things rather than 26 things or 26 things rather than 24 but I have counted them out and there are 24 so um, yeah anyway if I get the numbers wrong I apologize so number one random acts of kindness now this is something you could actually do 24 random acts of kindness and that is your you know that's your 24 days of advent and these are things um, some of these things are things that have been suggested to me. Um, I actually want to mention a specific episode here, which I think is episode four with Ruth Hopkins, um, Dexter's mum, because she has got some fantastic ideas in that episode for what she's done in memory of Dexter and particularly random acts of kindness. So some ideas. You could go to a drive through and buy a coffee for someone in the queue behind you or, you know, a happy meal if you're going to McDonald's. Send a surprise uh, gift to a friend. Um, something I did last year was leaving a kid's book in the library. Now, that might be a bit more difficult this year because libraries aren't really open, but I think that's a really nice idea. Hang candy canes on trees. I did that as well. Um, you could leave some chocolate tree decorations or chocolate coins for someone to find. And... Um, leave some change in the by the parking meter or at the bus stop 
really anything that is not specifically necessarily directed at a person, although it could be, but just a random act of kindness. And you may want this to be anonymous, or you could attach a tag or a little message with an explanation of why you're doing it and um, and your baby's name. So say you can say you're doing it in memory of your child. Number two, donate to charity in memory of your baby. Um, a, a lot of us do charity donations at this time of year. You may choose to donate to a baby loss charity or to any other charity that's close to your heart. Number three, go to a carol service or sing some carols. Um, I I don't often go to carol services. I usually go to um, like maybe a nine lessons and carols before Christmas. Um, but last year we actually, we did that, but we also went to my husband's sort of work Christmas carol service. And it was really nice because it was a few weeks before Christmas and it was perhaps the first time that I'd actually really felt Christmassy because I work at home. You know, I'm not going into cities or towns every day. So, you know, I hadn't seen all the, the lights up and, and the kind of festivities. So definitely going going into a city to a church, singing some carols made me feel a little bit more festive. Again, that's a bit of a tricky one this time of year. Um, but, you know, you can arrange it, sing some carols at home or arrange a, you know, a virtual carol sing along with some friends on Zoom. <laughs> Number four, light their candle. Now, I know a lot of us have candles and um, either ones that we have specifically for our babies or just, you know, we just like to light candles and think of them. So maybe take a special, you know, an hour or two on an evening, if you don't do it regularly, to light a candle and just spend a bit of time thinking or talking about your baby. Number five, start a new family tradition. I think when um, when we have children, like a lot of people, that's when a lot of people really get into Christmas and they want to start new traditions um, that their children will kind of grow up doing. And those might be ones that we grew up doing when we were kids or it might be something something completely new. And just because your baby isn't here doesn't mean you can't start that family tradition. So last year, um, I don't think it's the first time I've done it, but it's certainly the first time I started it with an intention of it being a tradition and I made a Christmas cake from scratch. Um, you know, I think, I think I put a good bit of booze in it, lots of dried fruit, um, mixed it up a few weeks in advance, made a Christmas cake and then iced and decorated it near at the time. It was a very tasty new tradition to start. Number six, Pop a few extra tins in your shopping trolley to donate to a food bank. Um, I think, I don't actually know if this is the case, but I imagine that food banks have suffered quite a lot this year because fewer people have been going to supermarkets. Um, and, you know, it's it's something you can get into the habit of. You know, a lot of people will just stick an extra few items in their trolley and then pop it in the box or the trolley that's there after the checkout 
um, to donate to a food bank. But because we've been doing all our shopping online, um, you know, there are fewer people going to supermarkets and fewer people donating to those food banks. So if you really don't want to go to the supermarket um, and do that donation, then just look up your local food bank. And I'm sure they'll have information on their social media or website as to how you can donate either money um, or, you know, physical food items to them. Number seven, I think I told you I was going to get confused with these. Uh, I'm going through and trying to like write down the numbers as I go. <laughs> Number seven, visit their grave or their special place if you have one. Um, and a lot of people, you know, who do have, if you do have a, a grave, um, if you're baby is buried and you have a grave for them um then decorating their grave is definitely something um that you can do as part of advent to remember and that can be quite a special time to remember them and be close to them even if you don't have a grave you might have a special place where you go um to remember your baby locally um again it's a bit difficult for places further afield if we can't travel at this time of year um, but just going somewhere where you always, which always makes you think of your child um, and remember them. Number eight, talk about them with someone new. And I think this is maybe something for those who've lost children perhaps a few years ago or even longer ago, because that kind of conversation that you have with people in those early days where um, you know, you're talking about them all the time, or they might bring up and, and ask you how you're feeling. That kind of dies away after a while, I think. And and people don't talk to you so much about your baby. And perhaps you don't bring it up in conversation as much. Um, so maybe if you do meet someone new this Christmas, um, maybe use it as an opportunity to to mention them and and talk about your baby, you know, Often it comes up in conversations, do you have children? Um, and sometimes it's easier to say, you know, no, I don't. Or, you know, I have one or two living children and, and not to mention those who you don't have with you. Um, but it can be, we always know it can be nice to talk about our children. Um, and, you know, it might be that you form a special bond with someone over that. You never know what someone else has been through. Number nine, donate an aching arms bear or a memory box for a bereaved parent in memory of your little one. Um, there are quite a few charities who organise um, gifts and memory boxes. Um, so you can do a search and find one that's local to you, or it may be that you received one when you were in hospital or from a friend afterwards, and um, and you, you'd like to give something back and donate to another family. Number 10, decorate the Christmas tree, or if you don't have a Christmas tree, whatever alternative festive decorations you like to put up in your house. And if you don't have a Christmas tree or festive decorations, well, maybe now's a good time to start a new Christmas tradition. Number 11, make some Christmas gifts with a nod to your baby or your baby in mind. Um, so my this is for the creative ones among you. And uh, my long suffering family have to put up with me giving them homemade gifts each year. Although this year might be an exception. I'm not sure I'm going to get time. But anyway, last year, I made some shell Christmas tree decorations. So when we went up to Scotland to Scatter Skies Ashes, 
I picked up some uh, big shells off one of the beaches or piers, I can't quite remember. And I painted them with images from the Isle of Skye, which Skye is named after, and gave them to my parents and my in-laws. Um, and I should just say, you know, I'm not a fantastic artist here. They were definitely, uh, definitely not, you know, high quality, but there was heart in them and love in them. And I felt it was, it was kind of a way of giving them something that felt like it had Sky as part of it without, I don't know, without shoving it in their faces, I guess. Um, yeah, and they turned out quite well. So I'm sure you can come up with more creative ideas than me. Number 12, paint some stones and leave them for other children to find. And I know some people do stones, some people uh, might have butterflies or, you know, other little things that you leave out in the wild and places you go to remember your baby. And, you know, people walk past and they have a look and see their name and perhaps think um, and wonder who that person is. Number 13, write a Christmas card to your little one. This sounds a little bit odd, I guess. Um, but I know a lot of people find it comforting to write letters to their baby um, or perhaps write in a journal. Um, so a Christmas card isn't really that different. Um, I wrote one last year and gave it to my husband to open on Christmas Day, which was, yeah, which was nice. And that's now part of Sky's little um, little box of things. And hopefully we'll keep doing it year after year. And I think if anything, that's kind of, because um, I don't really journal um, or do anything like that. But I think perhaps those annual Christmas cards might be a bit of a marker of my grief and how that changes over time. Number 14, <laughs> losing track. Send a letter or a card to a friend who's going through a hard time. So this, again, is a bit of a random act of kindness, except I think it's no, maybe a bit more focused. I think I always think of random acts of kindness as being more for strangers or for people to come across, whereas this is something personal. This is a gift of kindness to cheer up a friend who's going through a rough time. Number 15, do something fun for you. I think this goes back to what I was saying earlier in terms of, you know, if our babies had lived, if our children had lived, they would want us to be happy. And it can be hard, particularly in the early days of grief, to, it can be hard to have fun and not feel guilty for it, almost like you should be grieving all the time. But actually, I think if you maybe switch your mindset or can switch your mindset and just think of it as a way to honour them, because that is what they would want. So think of something you love to do, um, maybe an outing or a place you've been wanting to go to for a long time, perhaps a nice meal at a posh restaurant, and do something just for you. Number 16, Christmas movie night. <laughs> I'm sure you can find, you know, even if it's Die Hard. I mean, I love Die Hard and that's definitely a Christmas movie, no matter what anyone says. Um, or, you know, you might prefer to watch kids films. I am a big fan of Disney and Pixar and anything along that ilk. Um, yeah. And one good thing about those type of films, kids films, is... Obviously, if you can get away from the fact that, you know, you should be watching them with your little one, you know, they're uplifting generally at the end. And sometimes they're sad. 
um, you know, they have often have poignant messages that perhaps are more for adults than for children, but they tend to have happy endings and feel uplifting. And so do Christmas movies in general. You know, a lot of them are romances. Um, and yeah, they may not be realistic, but sometimes it's nice to have a bit of fiction in our lives. Number 17 take them somewhere new. So if you have, um, you may take a photo of your child, you might have like a keepsake or a teddy bear. So we have a little bear, which we call Sky Bear, which was one of the bears in the memory box we were given for Sky at the hospital. And we take, um, we take the bear with us to special places and for special occasions. So you might want to take them somewhere that you haven't been to before, to the beach, maybe to a park or a town you've always wanted to visit. Number 18, play a game. Um, any game, I guess. Again, it's just something that's maybe a little bit of fun. Um, I had this kind of slightly random idea, which I'm going to share with you. It might be really naff. <laughs> know you can ignore it anyway but I thought given that um this year so many kind of events Christmas events will have been cancelled um and you know you won't be able to go and see Santa you won't be able to kind of do all those things which we normally would do you there can be a tendency to kind of be stuck in the house but I'm pretty sure in most neighbourhoods, you will have um, people who decorate their houses and kind of go a little bit overboard with the Christmas decorations. We have just down the road from me, there is already one house which has a giant inflatable Santa outside and an inflatable snowman and lots of lights and Santa on the sleigh and that type of thing. So you could play with your partner or with some friends, house decoration bingo. So create a little bingo card with things that you need to spot, you know, so it might be a giant inflatable Santa or Santa on a sleigh. And, you know, you each have your own bingo card and go for a walk around the neighborhood, um, crossing off things when you see it and see who can be the first to get a full house. I don't know, you could have a prize. That might be a rubbish idea, but hey. I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, you don't have to do it. (laughs) Number 19, fundraising challenge. So you may have been doing fundraising during the year. You might have done some running events, some baking um, to raise money for a charity. And um, one thing which I saw noticed on Instagram a couple of weeks ago was the Rainbow Running Club. was organizing a well a virtual a do-it-yourself Christmas 10k which is on Saturday the 12th of December now it's too late to sign up for this officially um so when you signed up officially they were sending out some nice little treats um which are very exciting um but you can always do it virtually or you can do your own challenge um and raise a little bit of money for a baby loss charity of your choice at the same time Not to mention that, you know, a bit of exercise is always helpful in terms of staving off those mince pies and um, all the other things you want to eat at this time of year. Number 20, do something to remember other people's babies and bring a smile to another bereaved parent's face. Whether it's writing their baby's name in the sand, sending them a card, um, or even just sending them a message saying that you were thinking of their baby today that can really help people at this time of year and be of comfort to someone else. And you never know, you might get it reciprocated and someone might do the same for you. Number 21, 
have a self-care day or evening, whether it's an afternoon on the sofa with mince pies and hot chocolate, maybe a relaxing bath, some pampering time, whatever your definition of self-care is, um, just show yourself a little bit of kindness at this time of year because it's a tough ride, you know, and a bit of kindness can go a long way. Number 22, in a related theme, have a date night with your partner. Um, And I'm pretty sure, you know, grief is not an aphrodisiac. (laughs) And when you're hurting, it's really easy to let romance slip, particularly if the two of you grieve in different ways. Losing a child is one of the hardest things that any couple can go through. And you do have to make a bit of an effort, I guess, to to be there for each other and to stay together. So, you know, why not set a date, find something fun to do, whether it's at home or going out for a meal or something and, you know, get dressed up and remember why you fell in love in the first place. That's a bit cheesy, isn't it? But, you know, I mean it. (laughs) Number 23, take your little one to see Santa. Now, this might be a bit controversial, but I noticed it on someone's Instagram post, so I wanted to mention it. Um, Because I think, again, one thing that maybe a lot of people dream of doing around this time of year is taking their child to see Santa and sit on Santa's knee and getting a photo with Santa. And, you know, just because your child isn't physically here doesn't mean that you can't do that, you know. You could take along their photo or keepsake bear, explain the situation to Santa, and I'm sure they would be happy for you to take a photo of your child with Santa. And again, it's another one for the memory box. You're continuing. Just because your child is dead doesn't mean you can't make memories with them. Um, Yeah. And finally, number 24, help out a neighbour or even just strike up a conversation with a neighbour because I don't feel like, I feel like lockdown might have helped this actually. We might have got to know our neighbours a little better, but I think a lot of the time we live such busy lives that we may not necessarily speak to our neighbours that much um, or we may just know, you know, the people who live on either side of us um, or in the flat upstairs or the flat below. So why not make an effort to strike up a conversation with someone new, particularly if you have a neighbour who's living alone at this time of year and might be a bit lonely with their family and able to visit. So I hope that gives you some ideas. Some of them were definitely more random than others. (laughs) And, you know, you can always keep your eyes open for opportunities because there might be random things that come up. So For example, last year we had a general election in December. So one of my Advent to Remember things was voting in the general election for a brighter future. Now, given how 2020's turned out, I'm not sure if that backfired slightly, but, you know, the thought and the heart was there. And if you want to find more ideas for Advent to Remember, then you can have a search on Instagram for the hashtag um, Advent to Remember, or you can have a scroll down through my Instagram feed to see what I did last year um, for Sky. And I would love to know what you get up to in terms of Advent to Remember. So if you are taking part, make sure you use that hashtag. You can also use the hashtag Advent4 and then your baby's name. And feel free to tag me in your posts. And I will try and share some of them to my stories. I can't promise all of them because I'm not on social media all the time. But um, I would love to see what you guys end up doing this year. So section two is around including your baby in your family Christmas. 
Um, and this may work a bit differently depending on if you have other sort of living children at home, whether it's just you and your partner, whether you have a wider family or extended family um, living with you or staying with you at Christmas. But just a few ideas for things you can do to involve and include them. So I already mentioned above having Christmas tree decorations with their name um, or a symbol perhaps that relates to them. So if you have, you know, a particular animal, for example, that you that you always think of in association with your baby, then that might be a bit of a theme for you. And you can buy these. Um, there are quite a few places you can buy personalised decorations. And there are some specific shops which were set up by bereaved mothers, usually mothers, I think. I'm not sure there's any fathers who set them up. Um, to create these kind of um, memory tokens for our babies. Or you could have a go and make one yourself. And, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the, you know, a quality that you'd be selling in a shop because the main thing is that, you know, you've put a lot of love into that um, and your baby will appreciate that. You might decide to create a little special corner or have a little special tree your little one which has its own decorations um, you might already have a special place in your home um, where you may have photos or footprints and casts and things um, which is like your, your little baby's corner um, and you may want to decorate that for Christmas and um, we actually have a kind of it's not a tree it's actually a it's a long story but it's basically um, a piece a beautiful piece of driftwood um, which looks a bit like a tree which we which we decided last year was going to be Sky's tree. And we kind of decorated it with some lights and some little birds and a few little um, tokens that we had for her. And hopefully we'll be able to add to that this year. Christmas cards is a tricky one. And I think... I think it's something that, you know, certainly in the first year after you've lost a baby, you can um and ah about a bit. You know, you might be really confident to go, right, well, I'm including them in in the Christmas card, you know, love from X, Y and Z and baby Z. Um, but you may feel that actually you're not comfortable doing that or you may feel that you're happy doing that for some Christmas cards perhaps to close members of your family or friends but actually there are other Christmas cards you send that that you don't want to include include your baby in because you think people wouldn't understand that um so again there isn't a right or wrong it's really up to you whether you want to mention them or not one alternative um if you perhaps don't want to mention them, but you want to include them in some way, is maybe to include, have a little stamp made um, or a footprint or put an extra little kiss on the bottom from them. So either like a, a star cutout stamp, so like a hole punch, basically, a star hole punch. Why can't I get my words together this evening? <laughs> a star hole punch, which I include, which I punch a hole in my Christmas cards and that's including sky on it. Christmas gifts is also a bit of a tricky one. So obviously, you know, if your if your baby had lived, then you'd probably buy them a present or a few presents at Christmas. So what do you do if they're not here? Well, is it a bit weird to buy a present for a dead baby? Honestly, it comes down to you and how you feel about things. You may decide that your present to them is another decoration for their tree. It might be something for their grave. Obviously, you're unlikely to buy them the, the same things you'd be buying a living child, but that doesn't mean that they have to miss out. Or you may decide to go for experiences instead. So um, 
spend some spend the money you would have spent on their presence on um, a date or an experience to do something that reminds you of them or go to a place you were looking forward to taking them um, or perhaps buying something else in their memory or donating to charity in their memory um and yeah so last year what did I do last year so last year I went to a glass fusion workshop with a couple of friends of mine and I made this cute little bird which we hung on Sky's tree and is now up because I didn't just want to have it up for Christmas so it now hangs on a mirror in our house um and I think the other thing which which you may have some doubts about or wonder how to include in your Christmas is visiting either their special place or their grave and I think particularly if you have other children it might be hard to juggle their expectations of Christmas day um, and your desire to you know include your child who isn't in your arms and to to visit them um, on Christmas day as well sometimes it's just not possible to kind of fit everything in if you're trying to fit family in as well. But it doesn't have to be that Christmas Day is their day. And um, I remember talking to someone, and I'm sorry because I can't remember if it was on the podcast or if it was um, someone I spoke to, you know, outside of the podcast. But they had living children and they had designated Christmas Eve as their their dead baby's day and they would always go and visit the grave and you know then go home afterwards they'd spend some time there with the kids they'd go home afterwards the kids would get to open one present a special present on Christmas Eve and they'd have a nice Christmas Eve meal and that was that was their day and so they had a whole day to themselves you know that that baby had a whole day to themselves and then Christmas day um everyone could relax and you know and enjoy um enjoy having their children run around without having to worry that you were dividing your attention between your children so I thought that was quite quite a nice idea and thought Okay, and the final part I wanted to talk about was if there's any um, friends and family of bereaved parents who are listening to this and wondering how best to support their loved ones at this time of year. And I think it can be tempting to pull out all the stops to make Christmas normal for them um, and perhaps even make it a happy occasion, you know, put more effort in than you might normally do to try and cheer them up. You may feel that the greatest gift that they can give you is to be happy, and you may even be tempted to tell them that. But please remember that is not necessarily a gift they can give. You know, you can't choose to leave grief behind. And, you know, a lot of the time, you know, you can try and be happy and you can try and put a bit of a mask on. But, you know, if your heart isn't in it, your heart isn't in it. So I think it's important to recognize and acknowledge that Christmas is going to be a difficult time for them and you know don't be offended if you normally all get together spend Christmas day together but this year they don't want to or perhaps they turn up late and I think maybe just releasing them from that expectation that they should be happy and that Christmas should be normal for them so they don't feel like they're having to put on a mask just to be with you and who knows what's happening with Christmas this year big family Christmases might not even be be a thing and and on the flip side you know some people may want Christmas to be as normal as possible um and that might 
help them through the grief. It might be nice for them to have, you know, a day which feels almost normal. And I think I'm probably safe in saying that for many parents, the biggest gift that you can give them is remembering their child at Christmas. It's really hard when everything is about the people who are physically in that room. And, you know, if there are children running around, excited, opening their presents, it can be even harder as that's a reminder of the children who should be there but aren't. So show them that this baby is still a part of the family, even if they're not there in the room with you. For example, you might light a candle as you're sitting down to dinner and have their photo on the sideboard or the table with you. Um, or maybe, a, you know, if they have a bear or keepsake that represents their baby, have them that with you too. You could give them a gift for their child, as you might any of your grandchildren or nieces or nephews. And again, obviously, your gift is going to be different to what you would give, um, you know, a living child. But you know, you can still give them something, whether it's a personalized candle or a piece of jewelry, a decoration for the tree. Um, my sister-in-law gave us a gift last year, which was she'd named a star after Sky. Um, and, you know, we had a nice little information pack and we could go onto the website and, and find our star or Sky star. And, you know, we often call her our star in the sky. Um, so that was a really a really lovely and thoughtful Christmas gift. You could also take part in Advent to Remember by donating to charity or doing a random act of kindness on their behalf. Obviously, you don't need to do the whole 24 days, um, but even if you do it once or twice, then and send them a photo perhaps of what you've done or a little message um, saying what you've been up to. Even just choosing to buy your Christmas cards from a baby loss charity shows them that you're thinking of them not just on Christmas Day, but every day. And on the subject of Christmas cards, don't forget to include their baby's name when you write them. So I think just to kind of sum it up, everyone feels differently about how they want their babies to be acknowledged and celebrated and how public or private they want that to be. So even though I've sort of mentioned some ideas and suggestions above, you know your loved ones the best and you know what gestures, if any, they will appreciate and what might just be a step too far. But remember, if you're worried about doing or saying the wrong thing, doing something is better than doing nothing. And kind words, well meant, are always better than silence. And as a final word, if you're listening and you want to do things this Christmas, but you're feeling tired and you're grieving and you just don't know if you can, you know, Advent to remember Christmas, none of this is a reason to put added pressure on yourself. And many people, myself included, will need to take a bit of a, a break from the real world, a break from social media this season. And that is totally fine. Look after yourself first and foremost. So I hope this episode's given you a few ideas and maybe a bit of support for how you can get through the festive season. And most of all, I hope that whatever festivals or occasions you're celebrating, you can find some joy amongst the sadness and loss. Thank you for listening to this episode of Footprints on Our Hearts. Please help me break the silence around baby loss by sharing the podcast with your friends and leaving a review on iTunes. You can follow me on Instagram at Footprints on Our Hearts and Twitter at Sky's Footprints. 
For detailed show notes and to support the podcast and help me raise money for Tommies, please visit our website, footprintsonourhearts.com.